Good morning, everyone. This is Savannah DeVore from the Anything About podcast. And today, I'm going to talk to you about adulting. So, full disclosure, while I was editing, I accidentally cropped out the first question. And I don't think that I have a full recording saved, so I'm really sorry about that. But the first question is, what is do you think is the hardest part about adulting? Anyway, besides that, my guest is Caitlin Hoyt. She is a fellow adult and college student, and we were in the same scout troop. She is also an Eagle Scout, and she's in the Navy Reserves, and she is studying at SUNY Cortland, and she has been a great friend to me, and I'm super grateful and honored that I got to share this conversation with her. Enjoy. Adult I think the hardest part of adulting is just the fact that you kind of have to figure it out as you're kind of adulting. Um, a lot of people get anxious around things that they haven't done before. And all of a sudden you're in a world where you haven't done anything like what you're doing, paying taxes or, you know, figuring out all your car payments or whatever it is, going to college and figuring the funding for that budgeting. And so it's just it's a whole new world and just learning how it works. And what your place is in it kind of is just, I feel like, the, one of the hardest things to kind of, it's, it's like that breakthrough, you know, you got, you got to break through that, that wall of like the unknown to get to the other side. And then it becomes easier because you start picking up on things and start learning things. So I think that's the hardest part of adulting. I think for me, the hardest part is like managing money. Mm, that, I, that's a big struggle for, yeah. yeah for- and like, I just want to buy everything. <laughs> I want it now. Like I now that I have a job, I'm like, oh well, I could buy this, but I can't buy everything. Yeah. I was proud of myself because I did not go crazy on Prime Day. Like I had a gift card, so I ended up spending way less than I my total was like thirty something dollars. I ended up spending only like twenty dollars and I was so happy because of my yeah. gift card. I was like, hey, I got some things that I needed. I I wanted to buy something for my Apple Pencil, but I couldn't find anything that I liked. So I was like, I will just wait until I find something that I like. So I guess managing money and delayed gratification are yeah, the hardest part. That, that definitely can be hard. Because like now you have all the money, so you want to spend all the money. But it's like... Yes. Yeah, we have to pay for things like gas. Right. So that's where like you know managing your money and budgeting and all that fun stuff comes mm-hmm. in. <laughs> Which isn't easy to do, and then you just want to spend all the money anyway. Budgeting yeah. is hard. <laughs> yeah. And if you have a part-time job, you have to make sure that like you're working enough to pay for everything. Right. Like I like to get my nails done professionally, so I have to make sure that I have budgeted enough money to get my nails done. Hmm. That's a good thing too, is like knowing what you like. Do you like if you like to get your nails done or your hair done or there's certain things you like to buy, maybe coffee every day, is like making sure that aside that money to buy those things versus you know, just not tracking it. Yeah. I like I got expense tracker on my iPad Mm -hmm. and it's like so helpful. So I can say, Okay. This is how much I have spent this week. Okay, I have spent like $40 on coffee. Maybe I should turn it down a little bit. Yeah, or like make it from home or something that's a little, yeah. a little cheaper. Well, I guess you still have to buy the bag. You do, but hopefully, I mean, 
I don't know. Hopefully it's a little bit cheaper than, you know, buying a lot of coffee every day. I used to do that, and then I started making coffee at home, and yeah. It's like, oh, this is this is a little bit cheaper. <laughs> we'll keep you on this. It is. I guess you pay, like, about, I'm going to estimate $6 for one bag, and yeah. one bag of coffee will make 20 cups? Depending on the bag, yeah, a lot of coffee. I'm, I'm just guessing 20 cups of coffee. Yeah, I get the medium sized bags, and I still have not run out yet. Yeah, I get one bag, and I'm good for the entire semester. I know that. So, <laughs> oh wow. Well, sometimes I have to buy another bag. It depends on how stressed I am. You don't drink coffee every day. I normally do, not on the weekends. Because I okay, I have this. Um, I don't know what you'd call it, but. I try to trick myself into thinking that if I'm not drinking coffee on the weekends, then I'm not a coffee addict, which is not true because I just end up with headaches on the weekends. But, you know. <laughs> well, that's okay. Honestly, if it's like the one thing that's keeping you sane in college, I say it's not like awful, like gambling. This is true. This drinking. is true. There are worse things in life than drinking coffee every single day. Yeah. Like, every time I think about, oh, I'm spending too much money, like, I could be gambling or drinking. <laughs> yeah. You could have been, but you weren't. Yeah, instead, I was buying shoes. Exactly. I found the cutest pair of shoes, and they were on my Amazon. Sorry, KJ. They were on my Amazon Prime list for, like, a, such a long time, and I was looking through, like, all my wish lists. I was like, oh, I like to look at them every so often. And they were on sale. Nice! So I was like, oh, I'm gonna get them! And now I got them, and they come tomorrow, and I'm so excited. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now I have new shoes. Do I need new shoes? No. But they're cute. <laughs> and they were on sale. So that's my excuse. Yeah, I actually have to go buy new shoes for a wedding that I'm in because I don't have any high heels of the color that she wants. So oh. I'm going to buy new shoes, soon, which will be going into the budget. <laughs> Is she looking for, like, tan? Tan or gray? I might be able to help you. Hmm. What, what, what shoe size do you wear? Six or seven. Nope, I can't help you. I'm an eight man. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind then. Oh, my sister can't help you either. Because she's five, five and a half. I'm just thinking if you have any shoes that you would fit into, you probably don't. Yeah. No. I'm surprised my foot is bigger than yours. Me too. I mean, I'm not one to like compare feet to other people's feet, but like that is interesting. Like, I, I don't know. I thought you were like an eight and a half. I mean, I wear eight um, cleats and winter boots, but my sneakers are seven, and my dress shoes are six. Okay, that's interesting. I have odd feet. Okay. Okay, next question. (laughs) Do you have any budgeting advice? I think having a budget in general is a step in the right direction. So if you don't have a budget, I would highly recommend getting a budget. Uh, In the past... I have honestly just used pen and paper to keep track of my um, budgeting, which a lot of people don't do anymore. They have apps. I think you mentioned you have an app that you like to use. 
um, a lot of friends I know have apps, and I think that's probably a lot easier, more than like paper and pen. But just have some type of system where you track how much you're making every month, how much you're spending, what you actually can spend, and then make sure that part of that budget is going into your savings. That way, if you have emergencies that happen or you're trying to save for retirement, like you have that that extra money, you're not just spending your entire paycheck. Okay, I did use pen and paper at one point. I just switched to digital. How like, do you in comparison with the pen and paper? Like, um, I feel like with the pen and paper, I liked that I could like make my own system. Mm-hmm. But I like with the app. Well, I have a. I downloaded a template from Canva. I like that I can just fill it in instead of having to write it out every single month. Yeah, that's like very convenient. So, like, if I forget a month, I could be like, oh, well, I'll just erase my template. Right, right. Okay. Like. Yeah, I'm going to try, I'm gonna have to try something other than the pen and paper system. Some type, some type of app. I've been seeing tons of different ads for a bunch of different ones. And... God, I feel like I've gotten so many more ads since I became a young adult. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all like, oh, buy this app. And I'm like, I don't know if I try. You know you're an adult now. You need a budget. Yeah, I also get credit card offers. Mm. Like, oh, would you like to get this credit card? Like, no. I'm sorry. I don't have enough credit for that. That's another thing that can go along with Yeah, another thing that can go along with budgeting, too, is, like, make sure that you have, like, if you have credit cards, you know when they're, like, you need to pay them. Yeah, I do not. You start, I don't have a credit card either. I need to get a credit card to be honest. I don't have debit cards, but um, yeah. That way, like you're not racking up like any type of debt because that can be hard to get out of. Oh, that's true. And they charge interest on those. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I I I did not have a credit card. I would go into debt so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just need to manage my debit card for now. But the one thing I think that has helped is paying in cash. That's actually, yeah. Like, so then I have to count everything out and be like, okay, this is exactly how much I'm spending. And, you know, if, like, you're struggling with, like, spending, I've heard that a lot of people will do this challenge, I guess you could call it, where they'll only pay for things if they have the cash, like, in hand. That way, like, they see what they're spending on things. I mean, for some people, that doesn't work. Because some people are like, oh, if I have cash, that's free money because it's not on my card. But um, maybe if, you know, you're struggling with it, like, try, try only, you know, only spending cash. I feel like using cash has helped me a lot. Yeah. Because I have to count it out. I have to take out more cash. I don't have enough cash. I can't buy this thing. Right. I also think I'm less likely to forget my wallet if I have cash. <laughs> That's probably unfair. Okay, next question. Do you recommend going into the Navy or armed services for other young people? Cause like... Yeah, so if, if any of the listeners are listening and don't know i'm in the navy reserves um if you're contemplating it like there's in my mind my personal opinion is that 
there's no reason why you shouldn't at least check it out. Maybe there's some reason that you can't do it, whether it's, you know, medical or you just don't feel like that's the right path for you. But there's no harm in going to go talk to recruiters. I think there's a big stigma around going to go talk to recruiters because a lot of them do lie to people or they're, you know, there's a history of them lying to like the people who come in or you just are like super intimidated by this, you know, petty officer or sergeant or whoever is sitting in front of you. But they're human too. And, you know, you go in, take a, do your research, take a list of questions with you. And if you decide for it's for you, like a hundred percent, go, go for it. Uh, there's a lot of things in the military that you're not going to get. Well, it's not that you're not going to get it outside the military, but you're going to get a different outlook, I guess, on life in the military. Um, whether you're in for 20 years or whether you're just in for the four or six, however long it is for you. Uh, I definitely, definitely would recommend checking out. And there's a lot of good benefits too. Like I'm getting college for free right now, not through the United States Navy, but through my state's naval militia, which you have to be in the Navy reserves in order to be a part of. And so they're fully funding my college for me right now. And so I'm not going, I'm going to go to college and come out um, debt-free. And there's just, you know, health, there's a healthcare that's part of that. Um, there's probably, you know, opinions and debates about the, whether that's the best healthcare or not, but it is included. Um, you can get housing loans. There's just, the list kind of goes on and on and on. And, you know, some people will complain that, the, you know, the pay is not the best. And in a world of inflation going up, like, but to be honest, is not always great but like if you're living on base or something like that like they're also going to be paying for your food and for your house so you don't you aren't getting paid for that and if you're living off base and you're active duty like hopefully you're getting BAH or something like that so hopefully everything's balancing out with each other so yeah if you're contemplating it like might as well at least check it out like there's no harm and even if you know you go to recruiter you go to maps you don't sign anything you know you get there if you don't know what maps is it's basically the where they're going to do a medical screen on you and then a bunch of paperwork that you decide, you know, that's not for you, then that's not for you. But definitely, definitely check it out. Okay. That was interesting. Like, I think those of us who are not in the Navy or don't have relatives in the Navy were kind of, or other armed forces are kind of like, I don't know. All yeah. we know is that, like, go away to boot camp. And that sounds scary. And if there's a war, uh, well, I guess you don't really have to get drafted, do you? Drafted? Yeah, if you're already in the armed services. Yeah, no, if you're already in, you're not in the armed services. I mean, we haven't had a hot minute. I mean, guess. Do we have? Mm. When was the last time we had a draft? I don't remember. Shoot. For, I'm going to guess. I know we had a we Vietnam. Had, I don't. Yeah, maybe. Because I know, like, I don't remember. people were mad about the Vietnam War draft and how they were taking young black men and poor people mm. and all like the middle class people were dodging the draft so like poor people and black men were winding up in the army and yeah. the navy and everyone was mad well, yeah i don't know if they did that for the korean war either or not but they might have but i feel like it was a smaller degree than the vietnam war the korean war is definitely it's an underrated war and those veterans definitely they're not recognized yes definitely like Oh, I read this book, and, like, they wouldn't even recognize the Korean War as, like, an official war afterwards. Like, they didn't have a parade or anything. Yeah, I think 
someone, I don't know if this is, well, I think how it went was like on paper, it was uh, written as a police action, not a war. And so people were like, it's not actually a war, but it's actually a war. Uh, people shooting at each other, trying to kill each other. And then there's multiple countries involved and blah, blah, blah. So technically it's a war, but for whatever reason, people are like, oh no, it's not. Oh yeah. I think they did have a draft for the Korean War, but it like was not as extreme as Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam was that was different. <laughs> yes. They talk about it in Forrest Gump. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about that movie. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Next question. So how so you're in the Navy Reserves. Yep. So how do you manage, like, going out to drill or doing funerals with, like, you're in school full-time? Yeah, so I'm in school full-time. I have drill um, one weekend per month. And then for my part-time job, I do the honor guard for Navy funerals, which during the school semester, I probably only do about one a week. And during the summer, I'll do anywhere between probably like two to five a week depending on how what the demand is and where they need me to go so managing it it's kind of a headache to be honest I haven't always managed it the best uh, it's k- kind of nice in the sense that you know drills always you know, for the most part the first weekend of every month so you can kind of count on that you know this is my scheduled time to do Navy stuff but every now and then like, I remember it was midterm week, and my master chief calls me, and he's like, Hoyt, um, I want, like, we're going to send you to this training course during the summer, but you need to complete these online trainings before you go, and I need you to, this is a, a Monday he's calling me, he's like, I need them done by Thursday, and I had three exams and one paper to write by Friday, I think it was, and so, like, I was, like, crazy stressed. These trainings took four to eight hours or something like that. So like, yeah, it can it can be a lot when it's like all all of a sudden piled on. And for whatever reason, it always seems like there's a lot of navy work happening around midterms and finals. Um, but ideally, hopefully, it wouldn't be like that. But either way, it's just there's a lot about just managing your time. And when you get stressed, you know, taking a deep breath. And for me, standing up and just walking outside for a little bit just helps. Um, you know, go for a little prayer walk or something, come back in, refocus your mind, working in 15 minute intervals. So work for 15 minutes, take a break for 15 minutes where I physically get out of my seat or else I'll just sit there scrolling on Instagram. And then all of a sudden five minutes turns into 10. I was like, whoops, I was supposed to be you know, working five minutes ago. Um, so yeah, physically getting out of your seat, moving around and then coming back and working for 15 minutes. And also sometimes like I just need to get out of my apartment and I need to go work at like the library or something because I'm more productive doing my work there because it's a different environment um so yeah that's so far that's you know how i've been managing it okay oh okay so you're in college we talked about that so what's the high of your college semester college career so far college career um you know there's been a lot of good things that have come out of college a lot of stressful things too but I really, for my major, I love the fact that I have an internship because I get hands-on work and it's not just staying in a classroom 24-7, especially like my major is archaeology. So, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of colleges that have that degree to begin with, but there's also not a lot of 
colleges with that degree that have an internship where you're literally like actually doing lab work. So being able to do that has really been a highlight of going to my college. And then also like the Christian community that I found, there's a Christian club on campus. And, you know, these are just a bunch of teens that are on fire for Christ. Uh, We're doing missions trips on like spring break and a bunch of people for the summer went on summer missions, uh, going to Christian young adult conferences during winter break. And it's just, it's been a really phenomenal experience, especially when, you know, I was, came to college in a time where I was kind of feeling like just lonely because I didn't know anyone. I felt a little weird being around a bunch of my friends from college who weren't believers. And then I found this community and it just kind of changed my outlook on how to be a Christian on a college campus and has just kind of challenged my faith. I feel like I'm going through something similar. Like my college is also not a Christian college, mm-hmm. but unlike SUNY Cortland, they do not have a Christian group. Like they have interfaith club, which I think it, they're so interested in like catering to everybody that they don't really do anything useful, in, in my opinion. <laughs> like, okay, that's what I feel like that's sort of what happens when you try to like lump all these faiths together. Sometimes that's 100% accurate. Like, they, they genuinely try and I appreciate it, but it's not helpful for me because they like have to please, well, not please, but like fit in all the groups and make sure that all of them are not are included yeah or don't really get anything out of it yeah you're going to be learning probably about a bunch of different groups or face but not really growing yours is that the vibe i'm getting um yes and most of the people in the group aren't i don't say none of them are christians Mm, that makes it hard like christianity isn't even represented here like pride going because I was like you know what they're really nice people maybe I can be friends with them anyway mm-hmm. we all have religion in common uh, it didn't work they're still nice though but we're not I wouldn't consider any of them friends but they're, they were yeah I think honestly that's probably like one of the hardest parts about being a Christian specifically on a secular college campus is trying to find either a group and if you don't have a group like people who are also Christians, but also we're not just Christians in name, but actually live a biblical lifestyle and are seeking biblical truth. Because that just, it, it makes a difference. If you're not in that community, it can be really easy to get wrapped up in the world. I feel like that's so true. Like my first two semesters, well, freshman year I was going to crew at St. John Fisher, which is nearby to Nazareth, but it was really hard to connect with anyone because I didn't go to school with them. Mm-hmm. And then like, by next year, I, like, didn't go at all. So, that was, like, harder, because I, like, didn't have any Christian college students that I was, like, talking to regularly. Right. Like, I guess some of the people at my church are, but, like, I'm not close to any of them. Yeah. So, I, like, didn't have any other Christian college students to relate to. So, that was rough. That's definitely hard. <clears throat> okay, next question. Okay, so now we talked about the high part, and now for like, 
What's the low part point of your college career so far? Literally the first two months. And that, well, probably month and a half. That's just like, was didn't have a Christian community. I had just moved into my apartment. Um, it's not on campus. It's like five minutes from campus. So it's not crazy far. But like little tiny apartment. It's like in the basement of this house. Um, and just felt... I just felt really alone and really isolated. And like, I had friends and family I could call, but you know, it's not the same as like when there's someone physically with you going through the same things you're going through. And it was just, it was a rough spot. And, you know, I was prayed about it, prayed through it. And eventually very quickly, I was kind of surprised. God led me to this Christian group. Um, But yeah, that, there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of stress with like finals. I, I took Spanish the first semester because I need four sem- or yeah, four semesters of Spanish to graduate. And that that was a crazy class, super stressful. Uh, the, the professor was one of, the, one of those professors who like thinks that Spanish is everyone's major, even though this is like a 101 intro course and no one's majoring in Spanish. <laughs> no. So like she was crazy. I mean she was she was a really good professor, don't get me wrong. She was just kind of crazy. Um and yeah, so that that was really stressful, but I think the loneliness definitely beats out the stress. I think that's true. Like, I got stressed last semester. And not only was I stressed, but I was also, like, disconnected. Mm. Like, all the other history majors. Like, the other history majors at my school are very nice. Don't get me wrong. But it's, like, hard to connect with them because they are, to my knowledge, not Christians. I am so I like couldn't really talk to them about everything that was bothering me because right they like um we weren't close friends enough for me to like share all my business type of deal right so I was like lonely and like eventually school and and stress will go away but like if you don't have any close friends or someone to like talk to about it you're still lonely Mm-hmm. like that feeling kind of hung around yeah and college- into the summer yeah college is like one of those places where it's like either easier or harder than high school to make friends depending on the person because like to some degree like if you're on a sports team like you might have an automatic group of friends but then like I've been on sports teams before where I hang out with these people four days a week but like I don't hang out with them really afterwards unless it's like to get dinner but like I'm not inviting them over to my house or maybe they're going out to the bars or getting, you know, having college parties and that, that's not my thing. So like, I'm not going to go. Um, or, you know, you're trying to make friends with classmates, but it's a little awkward because I don't know. It just, it, I feel like it's a little different than high school. I feel like high school, like everyone's like, you're stuck with these people in the same classes for X amount of years. And it's just a little bit easier perhaps to get, you know, because you're seeing them every single day, all day. That's but true. Maybe, opinion. Also, in high school, you're, like, with each other for four years, Mm -hmm. and you're there every day. You probably have some of the same classes. On college, you can, like, make a friend with somebody in one class that you have once a week, and then, like, the next semester, you will have no classes together, and you will never see this person. So, like, I feel like with college, it is harder for me, at least. Yeah, me too. I would agree with that. Like the, I made, I remember I went into freshman orientation and I was all nervous, and I made one friend, 
I feel like I saw her about five times. You know, I made one friend from orientation and like we added each other on Instagram and that's where it started and stopped. Like I haven't talked to him since. (laughs) I think, I don't even know. I think I saw like a story from him on his Instagram like a couple weeks ago, but like that's the first I've seen. I haven't seen him on campus. It's like, I know, I know he's still there, but like, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See your major? No. See, that's another thing, too. It's like, I'm in a major that only has a handful of students. Like, I think we're under, we might be under 20, definitely 30. Okay. So, like, it's very tiny. And then, you know, everyone else is, like, a coaching major or a teacher or so- of some sort. And so, like, they have a lot of students in their field. And I'm just like, I have a very small pool of people who are in my major. <laughs> okay. I feel like as a history major, I kind of... There are some people who I see consistently because we have a student lounge. Mm-hmm. And I figured out that it helps to hang out in there. And, like, you'll get to meet some of the people who consistently come. There are some people who come every so often, so I feel like that has helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. And sorry, I just put an egg roll in my mouth. But um, if um, if you are like a non-trad student, or like maybe clubs, okay, honestly, clubs are the best way to get in to make new friends. I feel like. Um, but, like, if you're a non-trad student, see if there's, like, a non-traditional lounge you can go into. Or if you're a military student or a veteran, like, or even just, like, dependent or military aligned, go see if there's a military lounge. Or if there's, like, a military club or something that you can join. And that could be a good way to make friends. Because I know our college has a non-traditional lounge. I've only been in there once and it was to steal food. Not steal. They were giving out food. Oh. <laughs> that's always a cool idea food draws in college students like i have never seen food draws in any people like i like this is why like jesus with like the breads and the, or the loaves, <laughs> like and the food draws in people okay jesus, jesus <laughs> what was up just just putting that out there um but like yeah any event that you have food in like there will be people especially you're in a college area because like we're on budgets or we don't have a budget because we don't have a job and we need food. <laughs> That's true. Like, I went to this one random club because they were giving out free bows, and I was like, I'm not eating lunch today because I forgot to pack it. I need food. Mm. Where can I find it? Yeah. Oh, here. There are seminars that my department puts on every Wednesday during the semester, and they always have free food. And so it's like, oh. I don't make it over there every one day, but when I do, it's like it's it's mostly for the food. The seminars are good too, but the food's a little bit. <laughs> oh, I know my school gave out free bubble tea once. The line—that's amazing. It's like so long. I can imagine. It was crazy long. They also do this thing called like Wellness Wednesday, where like the health and counseling department is at my. At my school, I think they're amazing. And they will, they set out, like, this little tent, and they'll give out, like, free snacks and free drinks and, like, mental health resources. So that's always fun to stop by. I love that. That's really good. Okay. Okay, so, next question. So, how, what's the best part about being in the Navy Reserves? Ooh. 
there's a lot of good things. Um, let's see. I think just the ability to be versatile and having to learn how to be versatile because like for the reserves like I'm in college I'm doing funerals I'm in two clubs at college which take up a lot of time you know taking a crazy amount of credits and then also have drill and the you just have to you know you learn fast I guess how to switch the brain from this is my school brain to this is my um, it's time for drill. Gotta think. Um, military stuff, brain. So, the just adaptability of being able to adapt to your situation of you know whatever it is, and then you know when things go wrong, it's okay. Well, how do we fix them? It's not you know because their schedules are so packed. I guess that you don't necessarily have the time to like sit there and like wallow about it for a week it's like nope this needs to get done today or in the next two days or whatever it may be and so just the adaptability and the versatility that comes with that I think has been something that I've really appreciated getting out of it okay well that's interesting like so you get to do a lot of different things in the navy reserves yeah or even like reserves is like we're sent all over the place and like, for example, I was in, um, what's it called? San Diego. I was in San Diego two weeks ago, and now I'm in um, the middle of New York, just, like, in the middle of nowhere doing training. And okay. so, like, they just send you everywhere, and, you know, it's a new command, it's new people. Uh, you got to learn how to adapt to it, and at the end of the day, you go back to your civilian life. So it's a complete different switch. But you're, you know, but then again, like I mentioned during that finals week where I had my master chief call me and be like, hey, I need this paperwork done or this online class done. It's like, well, now I need to pause the civilian life and quickly do this military stuff and then go back to my civilian life. And it's just, there's, yeah, a lot of moving parts, but it makes you, it makes you a little quicker on your feet, I guess. And you kind of get used to the, to the change, I guess. Okay. Okay, the last question before we play the game that I came up with. Okay. So what's your best piece of advice for young Christian adults? Whether that be like, go that, I would just say young Christian adults in general. Like in college, out of college. I have like so much advice, but I feel like the biggest piece of advice is get into a community. I don't care how much you think you can do it by yourself. I don't care how much you're like, hey, I pray to God every night. He knows what's going on. I read my Bible every now and then. Like, I don't care. Find a community, whether it be your church. If you know, there's if there's nothing for you at the church, maybe try looking at the church or try looking at the group. If you're at a club or a college, try to find a college club. If there's something at your college, if there's another, try to go with them. Like, whatever it is, find a community. Okay, I like that advice. Um, I think I was in my senior year of high school. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like smart and super prepared and get ahead of this adulting thing. And I read this book called Welcome to Adulting. And it was like, find a community. And I was like, okay. Well, well that's I can do that. That's easy. And I feel like having a community has been one of the few things that has kept me sane yeah. in adulthood. Yeah, no, definitely. 
that can change over the years. Yeah. But okay, if I did not have someone to complain about things to <laughs> or like compare notes in a way about things that I feel like I would have lost my mind way sooner. Yeah. So that's that's the biggest biggest piece. Like don't don't forget that just because you think you can do it by yourself because personal experience it, it doesn't work very well. Okay. So now on to this game that I came up with. So have you ever heard of the musical Adam's Family? Like don't think so. Okay. So it, so there's a musical called Adam's Family. And it's about it's based I think it's based on a TV show also called Adam's Family. Okay. And in the show or the musical I mean, they play this game called Full Disclosure, where they all share a secret that they have never told anyone. Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole point is, it's sort of like skeletons in the closet. Like, if you ever heard of that? Yeah. It's sort of like that. And I've always wanted to play. Like, okay. In the musical, there aren't really any rules. Just, like, share a secret you've never told anyone. But I wanted to add a few rules to, so like, you know what sort of secret to share. So rule number one, nothing embarrassing or harmful to someone else that you don't have permission to share or you would be embarrassed if they like were listening in on the conversation and heard the story. And they were like, hey, that's about me. I'm suing you for, <laughs> I don't know, spite because I'm petty. Okay. Or second rule, it must be PG rated. Uh, I don't need to hear about your wild night out. I know you don't have wild nights out, but I don't want to hear about it. Okay. And the third rule, like, make sure that, like, it has to be truthful, I guess. Okay. Okay. So those are my three rules. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? Ooh, I don't know. Okay. I have a quarter nearby. Okay. Heads or tails? Go. <laughs> oh, it's heads. Oh, shoot. Okay. So, do I just share? Yeah, you can just share. Oh, just share. I don't even know. Um. Hmm. See, I feel like I'm really bad at keeping secrets. Yeah, I feel like I tell everybody. Like, I don't mean to, but, like, I just have to get it out of my mind, or I'm gonna go crazy. Um, this is really bad. I should have, I should have thought of this beforehand. Um, hmm. My mind's going in a panic bone right now. Maybe you should go first. <laughs> okay, that's okay. You can think on it. Okay, so my secret that I've never told anyone. So, like, you know how I have autism? Yeah. And, like, so with my autism, you stim a lot, which is how you process, like, sensory information. So I've just, so I have sucked my thumb since infanthood, I think. Hmm. And I just recently stopped. Really? I know. It's kind of embarrassing, but, like, 
it's part of the reason why I get my nails done. Because, like, if my nails were done nice and I paid, like, $40, I'm not going to stick my fingers in my That's interesting. I never, like, I don't know. Never... I'm just realizing that, like, oh, that was me stimming. Okay. Hmm. Look at that. Okay. I did come up with something. I don't know if this counts as a secret. Okay. But I've only, like, there's been, like, one or two people that I've told before. But uh, I have a dream journal that I write down my dreams on, and I've had it for a couple years. Okay. And, oh, I don't know if that doesn't count as a secret, but that's a, a habit that I've been doing that I haven't really told a lot of people about. Okay. Like, you're talking the crazy dream you had last night about marshmallows? Like, even that? Well, it wasn't actually about marshmallows, it was about cotton candy. But, yes! Okay! <laughs> Okay, I've had some pretty wild dreams. Yeah. Like, do you analyze them or just, like, write them down? Yeah, 100%. All, all the dreams. And then it's interesting, you go back and you read them, and then you're like, huh, that was a really awkward dream. I have no idea where that came from. Or you're reading something, you're like, oh, this was going on in my life, and this is probably why I was thinking this. Really? Yeah. I feel like my, um, I'll dream something, and it'll be so vivid, and I'll remember it, and I'll, like, and I'll wake up, and I will not remember it at all. Hmm. I mean, I the more you do it, I feel like the better you get at it. Okay. Like, do you just write them or analyze them? Just write them. Like, as soon as I okay. wake up, uh, grab, you know, like, grab the journal, and just write them down. Okay, because I've heard of some people, and they're like, oh, so I dreamed about oatmeal. This is what this means. <laughs> yeah, you could like, do not want to get Well, I dreamed about, like, Taylor, meeting Taylor Swift and taking a bunch of pictures. What does that mean? It might mean that you want to go meet Taylor. So in conclusion, I would really like to meet Taylor Swift. The problem is that she never, she and other artists, like, they never come to, like, New York. They always go to, like, Philadelphia or, like, other big cities. So I, like, I never get to see them. And I also, like, on top of that, if I wanted to, I'd have to pay for not only the concert ticket, but, like, gas... Uh, hotel stay and that's like a ton of money I don't have that money yet but at some point like maybe I'll like have the money for that in the future anyway Taylor if you're listening please come to Blue Cross Arena in New York or any stadium in New York because I would love to see you perform live my favorite song is Mean and I am so looking forward to hearing you like re-record more albums I'm just a huge fan Please come to Blue Cross Arena so I can actually afford to see you perform. Bye. Anyway, well, thank you for listening to this episode. And um, <clears throat> don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram. Um, I also have a personal account with threads, but like I haven't figured out how to do like a professional account. I don't know how to do two accounts on threads. I'm still figuring it out. I don't know, maybe that will come later once the app gets more developed. Anyway, have a lovely day.